Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 214 of Perpetual Traffic. Molly Pittman here with my co-host, Ralph Burns. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Mal? Awesome. You're about to go on vacation. That's very exciting. Some much-needed time off. Where are you headed? <laughs> well, actually, I'm really going to detach. I'm going to like shut off the laptop at five o'clock on Friday, maybe actually a little bit earlier and then not look at it for a whole week. Amazing. It's so. going to do wonders for your brain and your energy. You'll come back feeling like a new person. <laughs> That's the hope. So you are going to digital detox land. I really am. You know, I've been, I've been doing it more and more on, well, not necessarily on Saturdays, but more on Sundays. And it's really, it's great. It makes Monday, I think, a little bit more of a challenge to sort of get back in the flow because it's nice to just detoxify yourself from your device. Yeah. You know, I have yeah. two teenagers and I see them on the couch all the time, like just flipping through, scrolling through Instagram and Snapchat. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's not life. You know, you got to like get outside of your device and go out and see stuff and take walks and do all the things, you know, cool stuff that you're doing in Amsterdam. Because I know that you do <laughs> a lot of digital detox while you're over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like we just get so enveloped or just enraptured with, you know, whether it's a monitor I'm looking at right now or iPad, the iPhone, like you just, you name it. And it's, I think it just tires you out. It mentally drains you over a period of time. So anyways, the plan is, is to really detach. And we have a lake house in Maine. We just bought a little boat, which hopefully will show up on time for the kids, like to keep them 
you know, engaged and, you know, not completely bored and off their devices. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So looking forward to it. You guys have a blast. And I love the digital conversation. And that's, I'm sure, applicable to all of our listeners because you guys work on your computers. And technology is a double-edged sword. We get to live these amazing lives and have the careers that we do because of these devices. But there's also a downside. And that's something that I've focused a lot on the last year. And uh, something else that's helped me, not just being more aware of how much time I'm spending on my devices, which it's nice that Apple added the screen time feature Mm. um, so that you can actually record that. That's something I look at every week just to check how much time I'm spending. But something else that's helping is when I'm planning my week, I try to figure out which task I could actually do away from the computer. There's a lot of stuff you can do without your computer and definitely without the internet. And spending chunks of time, whether I go to the park or just a coffee shop or maybe even just outside in the backyard, wherever I am, Mm. but a different setting from my normal workspace, that's been really helpful with the fatigue and not feeling like I'm just sitting in the same place for you know seven or eight hours. So yeah. something to think about. There's a lot you can do away from the computer. So, okay, well, now that you guys have had your weekly life advice from Ralph and I, <laughs> hopefully that was helpful. Um, I know it's something we could we talk on that for a while, though. Maybe yeah. we, maybe yeah, we should just talk. Episode. I know it's an entire episode. <laughs> Lots of thoughts on that one. Uh, But what Ralph and I actually wanted to talk about this week, and by the way, I just want to acknowledge it's August 7th. I've never had a year go by this quickly, and I can't believe that summer's almost over, but I hope everyone's starting to prepare for Q4 Um, and realizing that the end of the year is coming. So that's exciting and scary in, in the same way. But this week, Ralph and I wanted to touch on a topic that we get a lot of questions about, and that is pre-sale articles, also known as advertorials. I'm sure there are other names out there for what we're discussing on today's call. But really this discussion around leading with a piece of content before you ask someone to buy. Mm -hmm. And when we say piece of content, we don't mean necessarily a blog post. You know, usually when you say content marketing, someone thinks about a blog post that they would see on someone's website. And although a pre-sale article or advertorial can be structured in a similar way or maybe contain similar content to a blog post, these are actually very different pieces of content. So Ralph, what is a pre-sale article or advertorial? We should probably just pick a name so that I don't say both of them every time. (laughs) But I want to acknowledge that they are the same thing and they've actually been around for at least 50 years since we started, you know, since really newspapers and magazines first came about. But what does this mean to you, Ralph? Kind of give the listener a feel for what this thing is if they don't already know. Yeah, I mean, I think people will look at, you know, you'll you'll probably see some of these ads on Facebook right now. I mean, they might even be tier 11 ads for all you you know, but um, we can't really talk about the individual customer here. So we're going to be talking in a little bit more vague detail, but I think you guys will get the idea. You know, when we talk about pre-sell articles, in my mind, it really is any sort of content that is one step away from the sale. And that content it has to be helpful and useful. And I think it was Frank Kern who said this, and you know, I 
quoted all the time. I mean, your job is to actually be useful and helpful, but also show people that you can help them by actually helping them. And that does a couple of different things. It creates sort of the law of reciprocity. Okay, I help you. And then, you know, the reciprocity for that is I will then potentially take the next step that you're going to ask me to take. So there is that sort of as an underlying principle here when you use pre-sale content or advertorials or whatever we want to sort of make mention of or however we want to tag them or, or call them. But the point is, is that you're actually let's helping. Let's just go with pre-sell. Yeah, let's just go with pre-sell because I think of advertorials sort of somewhat differently, which I can kind of get into. But anyway, the, the point is, is that you're you're giving something of value prior to the eventual ask. So yes, it could be a blog article in one way, shape, or form, but we're not really talking about that per se. Blog articles are just blog pieces of content. They're useful on their own, but with what we're going to talk about here today, there's going to be a call to action. Yes, you have consumed this piece of content, but I also want you to take the next step. And that was me snapping my fingers, by the way. So read something, consume it in some ways. Like we actually have some examples here today where it's a very long piece of content, which dispels a popular myth, sort of blows up this idea of, you know, whatever your preconceived notion of this subject matter is, well, here's something that actually, well, in truth, that's not really the way that it is. So if you can combine something that's helpful and useful with something that helps to dispel a popular myth. And if you have a product related to that, obviously that is very, very helpful. But when you think about this type of content, think about it as, yes, be useful as you possibly can be helpful, but also the underlying motive here is to educate people to eventually take an action. And I think, you know, one of the ones, one of the, probably the best pre-sale articles, especially maybe in my world, maybe I'm just sort of, bias towards this is the one that you guys talk about all the time for Boom by Cindy Joseph, which is a sort of the standard sort of pre-sale article when I sort of think about it. And it's five makeup tips for older women. And Mm -hmm. you are actually presenting some very useful content in this article. We actually can leave a link to this in the show notes, but then it transitions to a product pitch. Now that you know these five tips and oh, by the way, we might have a solution for you. So there's lots of product on that page as well. So very distinctive from just a piece of like blog content. Yes, it's helpful and useful. Yes, it's informative, might be even entertaining to a certain degree, but there also is a transition, this sort of this pivot to the next logical step, which in this case is the pitch to a product. Absolutely. And we will link to this pre-sale article that we're mentioning at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And I just wanted to touch on the difference between a blog post and a pre-sale article. And for me, they have very different goals. Blog posts are written to generate organic traffic. They're written to educate and further entertain an audience. Where, as you just said, Ralph, pre-sale articles are built to actually sell a product. And so they might look and feel a bit different because they have very different end goals. So before we get into this case study, Ralph, I just want to talk about, okay, now we know what a pre-sale article is. 
when and why would you use a pre-sale article? And I first want to touch on the fact that you don't need a pre-sale article to succeed with paid traffic, depending on what your definition of success is. But you can get to a certain level of scale via paid traffic, just running direct to your product page or running direct to a product page or a sales page if you're an e-commerce company or running direct to a webinar or some sort of lead magnet if you're info or service base. But when pre-sale articles come into play, in my opinion, is when you're looking for that scale. And what I mean by scale is not just selling more of your product. I mean, being able to reach outside of the core part of a market who's already directly interested in or needs to solve a particular problem that they might have. So let's say we're selling a cool new dog product. It's it's a dog toy and it helps dogs that get bored. Or let's say maybe it helps dogs that have separation anxiety. Well, you can show up in someone's newsfeed, a dog owner who has a dog with separation anxiety, show up in their newsfeed, display your product. They click over to your product page and that person might buy because that morning their dog might've had a complete panic attack as they were leaving the house. And maybe, you know, someone from their apartment complex called and complained about the dog and the dogs having a lot of stress. And this person really needs that product, right? But let's talk about me as an owner of an older dog who doesn't really have a lot of separation anxiety. And if I saw that ad in my newsfeed, I might click over to check it out, but I just don't have the urgency to buy. Well, by using a pre-sale article, that company could have used the content of that pre-sale article in the way that Ezra did, five makeup tips for women over the age of 50. So giving value, but also calling out his audience. They could have used a pre-sale article to reach me. Maybe the article was about you know how to keep your older dogs mentally stimulated. And they gave a few tips and then their toy was the last point in the article, right? Or they could have spoken possibly to five signs your dog has separation anxiety that you might not know about. So something to the effect of maybe your dog has separation anxiety, but it's not the normal crying, screaming, and destroying the couch, So click here to figure out if your dog actually has separation anxiety and then, oh, buy our product to solve this problem. So I'm kind of going on a tangent here, Ralph, but uh, I I just want to point out some different reasons that we might use pre-sale articles. And a big reason for me is that ability to scale outside of the core part of your market who already knows that they need your product that you can send direct to the product page. That is the big benefit for me and something that I want you guys to be aware of and definitely something you should and could consider in your traffic system. Yeah. I mean, I think pre-sale articles don't need to be used in every type of product. I mean, I think with some products, they're more impulse buys. Like if you're running a 10,000 word pre-sale article for a product that sells for seven dollars that's probably overkill (laughs) and it's just a all you need to do in that case is just show how cool it is in a video you know or a gif or something that's sort of a a, you know stop animation something that's in the news feed and then they click and then they go buy so i mean a pre-sale article in that case 
probably not needed. I mean, you're really trying to, you know, kill an ant with an atom bomb, but in the, but maybe for scale later, it's needed. It you potentially know, could the point be. I was making with the dog toy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's initial there's an initial amount of people who are going to purchase. And so like if you're coming right out, like this is your first strategy, if you have a product that is more of an impulse buy, this probably wouldn't apply. However, once you do saturate that market for all those people that are impulse buyers and have purchased, now you can actually use pre-sale articles to scale. So it can be used in a, a couple of different ways where we found it particularly useful is in the case of the Boom by Cindy Joseph brand is dispelling a myth. That's very, very common. So for that article, it's women, it's basically it's over once you're over 50. You know, it's like there's an anti sort of aging sort of movement, which boom runs very counter to that. They have a core belief system that, you know, if you're 50, 60, 70 and you're a woman, you age gracefully. It's actually, it's beautiful as opposed to like, you should be hiding your wrinkles and all these sort of things that, you know, the media would sort of make believe that that's the norm or that's what women as they grow older should be doing. So boom is very sort of anti that sort of, sort of anti-aging. So they came out with these types of articles, which not only back the brand, but are very, very useful and informative and talk about some of the solutions that are out there on the market right now that people or women might purchase and maybe aren't all that satisfied with. And oh, by the way, our products are different and here's why. So once you get these tips, then you transition to the solution, which is exactly what we did with this customer inside tier 11. Yeah. Same type of strategy, very different types of pages, um, but the effect is in essence the same. So Ralph, tell us what you did, buddy. Yeah, this is an advertiser who has supplements. They're in the supplement space, but targets an older demographic. So similar to Cindy Joseph in that market, maybe a little bit older, even 55, maybe even 60, maybe even going into the mid 60s. This is a very different demographic. So you have to sort of think of that. What we used here were a lot of pre-sale engagement, sort of quasi-advertorial type of articles. But these people in this market tends to read so, you know, my sons who are sitting on the couch probably upstairs right now, they don't read a whole lot. They're all visual. If you send them an article that's 2,000 words, yeah. they're not no. going to read it. No way. Yes. Absolutely not. Yeah. So the and, length- and Ralph, really quick, just to input something here. In team traffic yesterday, I was doing a training with my friend Nahal, and he was explaining a case study of a pre-sale article that he's running about $10,000 a day to right now at just this article. And the market is a much younger market. So the pre-sale article is very, very short and actually delivered through instant experience. So they don't even have to go over to a URL to consume yeah. it. Because someone like, I mean, even my generation, if you click over to a long article with a ton of reading, I mean, reading's not fun. No, I don't mean that, but uh, that's how you feel growing up. So right. um, anyways, sorry to cut you off there, Ralph. No, you know, at the end of the day, and we talk about this all the time, it's like, yeah, listen to what we say here on perpetual traffic, but also you have to test it. You have to understand your market. Right. So very, very important on both sides that's of the, the equation. Point. 
is giving value first and using this sort of pre-sell article or experience to also scale out to different avatars in different parts of your market. That's the benefit. So the medium of it, whether it's video, written, instant experience, your website, direct mail, whatever it is, is up to you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So test them out just because we're going for an older demographic here. Did we test an Uber short article? I don't think we ever actually did because, well, the results that we'll talk about here were pretty astounding. So we got quick results off cold traffic. And, you know, we had the the luxury of the customer has really good copywriters and really good informational, educational articles that do dispel the myth. So there's a lot of factors that weigh into this. So this definitely isn't a one size fits all approach, but it's a pretty remarkable way to turn around a campaign or at least get it to a point where it's actually positive ROAS. And that's really what we were able to do here. So want me to uh, get right into the, the case study here, Maul? Let's do it. All right. So cool. So when we first started with this customer, we were tending to send a lot of traffic just straight to a product page after doing short videos, like short videos, meaning we might take some kind of pre-sell article or maybe even a blog post, something that's informational, and then upload it into one of our favorite tools, which is Lumen5. So Lumen5, what that service does, and you can actually get a free trial with them and it's like really, really good. It's robust even at the free level. What it will do is it will actually, you plug in your URL and then it will read the article and actually pull out individual pieces of the article and create a video around it with suggestions for images, which is pretty tremendous. So, you know, in some of these articles that we've done in the past, you know, we might have 2000 words. So that's a lot. You have to do a lot of editing. But the point is, is that if you can get your message across, you know, fairly quickly. And in our case, we were using short videos, really short videos that sort of summarized the content in the article with stock photos, like really stock photos and then just photos of the product itself, like the bottle for the product. So really simple stuff. This particular customer didn't have a tremendous amount of creative assets, which oftentimes does happen. And, you know, we can go right to the vault and use, you know, stock photos and images of the avatar. And and that's something that goes along and makes the flow of the video work really well. So these are super simple videos, you know, like I said, 30 to 60 seconds. Some of them are actually even shorter And this was actually working pretty well. So the idea is to talk about this issue. So the issue that this particular avatar has is that as someone ages, they start losing muscle mass. So, okay, that's definitely an older demographic. But, you know, as we all know, at age 40, Molly, even though you're not there yet, but apparently once you reach age 40, like you start to like decrease muscle mass if you don't like add it every single year. Like I forget the percentage every single year. That's right. That's why we hit up the father son's workout, which we're going this afternoon because I took like a week off for Ezra's Blue Ribbon event. But anyway, this is an issue, especially for older Folks, the older meaning, you know, the older demographic in our terminology is anyone 55 and over on Facebook. That doesn't mean if you're 55, you're old by any stretch, but that is considered an older demographic on Facebook. It's also one of the fastest growing, which is great. We also find that this demographic tends to look at their Facebook feed on desktop far more than on mobile device. So these pages that we created with the customer 
were more geared towards desktop consumption, which totally makes sense. That's where the demographics sort of live. So anyway, so the idea behind this is to educate about why this demographic is losing muscle mass as you age and how to stop it and even reverse it in some cases. And a lot of folks will, you know, the popular belief is, well, just eat more protein, which seems to make sense. Well, in our short video, we talk about that, but then we sort of transition to say, well, maybe that's not the best approach. You actually want to take this supplement which actually contains amino acids and is more bioavailable, more effective for reversing this muscle mass loss as you age. So we're trying to compress everything into a really short Lumen 5 stock photo with images of the product video, sending them right to the product page. And believe it or not, those ads worked pretty well. So, you know, we were actually, and the customer was pretty happy with this for cold traffic for our average return on ad spend, we were getting around 90% on average. So we we're spending an article on the cold traffic and then we were selling you know, enough to actually make back 90% of that spend. For every dollar, we were making back 90 cents, which typically on a day one to day seven conversion window, that's not too shabby. So we would also combine that with retargeting ads that would then, you know, once they actually do click over to the product page, we would then use the e-com ad amplifier, which we'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes. And then we would sort of talk to them all the way down the pathway to ultimately purchase. So really effective strategy. So just on its own, like we could talk about that as this is how you could potentially approach cold traffic with a product that's premium price too. The average order value is about $100 for this particular product. So it's an amino acid tablet, in essence. The short video educates, talks about this problem that this demographic is having, and then proposes a solution. And then the call to action is to click over and buy with a 90% ROAS. So pretty good, but not quite good enough for what we really wanted to do. So the finances for the customer started to change over time and they really wanted to scale and also finance potential other products that they wanted to bring to market based upon their success on Facebook, always a good thing. So we looked at an alternate approach. And one of the things that this customer had is a plethora of you know, pre-sale articles that dispel this myth about why people are losing muscle mass, as well as case studies. There was a number of video case studies for individuals or this man who is 61 years old who reversed muscle loss and healed his hamstring injury completely. So we had some really rich testimonials, real life case studies that we can sort of intertwine into the story. And we put together a number of different pages. First off, we put together a page which isn't classic pre-sell, but it's actually a video with the same kind of content. But instead of clicking from the ad to a product page, now we actually inform them even more with this case study about this man who healed his hamstring injury and, and reversed muscle loss. And on that page, which you could consider a pre-sale engagement article unto itself or a pre-sale engagement page, we then had a call to action to uh, take the next step and to purchase. So we're wedging a piece of content between the initial story that you see in the newsfeed and to the ultimate purchase or to the product page. So 
That was one page that we used with really good success. The other page that we used and with even better success is long form articles, like long form pre-sale engagement articles, intertwining this story of this man who is in better shape now than he was 30 years ago. And the reason why, oh, by the way, is because of this secret, because of this product that he's now using that is counterintuitive to what you might see on TV for, you know, I'm sure we've all seen ads for like Ensure and like protein drinks and whey protein, all that. So it's sort of blowing up that myth or sort of it's counterintuitive to what you might actually see in the popular media. But this solution is different. And these guys have a product that really does work well. It gets more amino acid utilization. It talks about that in the article, how it's absorbed more fully and how it's so important for the livelihood of your muscles and to stop that lean muscle mass from deteriorating over time. And at the end of the article, just like for the boom by Sandy Joseph, it talks about the product. So here's the reason why this product actually works in the top half, either through a video or through, you know, some pretty dense copy. And then the transition or the transition to the pitch, you can get this formula through this product. So very different type of strategy than our initial strategy, which was basically just short form video, try and educate them in the newsfeed. Now we're doing a little bit more education in the newsfeed. We're using the same types of videos, sort of shorter videos. We tested a lot of different ones, but the real call to action was click to learn more. And we found that we could not only scale up even more with this approach, but not only that, but our- In terms of number of purchases. Number of purchases. You know, instead of two a day, 2,000 a day. Yeah, (laughs) a significant amount of spend from, you know, low five figures in spend to multiple six figures in spend with a better return on ad spend of 160%. So that's a pretty significant increase. You're talking, you know, short form video to a product page. Go tier 11. Yeah, at 90 (laughs) ROAS, not too bad. Spend a dollar, make 90 cents back from short form video, some education, click to learn more, more education and a pre-sell with a pitch on the bottom to 160% return on ad spend. And that's to cold traffic as well. So we got, you know, purchase conversion rates of 4%, which is really like well above the standard for cold traffic. When I think of like a conversion, a good conversion rate for something that you're sending cold traffic to, you know, one to 3% is like, that's pretty good. Anything above 3% to cold traffic. And in this case is about 4.2 on average, pretty outstanding. The reason was they were really warmed up by the time they actually got there. They had some sort of tantalizing uh, content in the newsfeed or in there. You know, we didn't really use Instagram a whole lot on this one. This was mostly Facebook, Molly. And so we sent them right over to this article. Folks read it and purchased right on the spot. I love it. Such a good example, Ralph. And I also think this is something that came to mind. And I think a lot of this has to do with how you know, educators in our space talk about scale. But, you know, we talked a lot about how I think you were reporting ROI numbers or return on ad spend numbers, but also 
the number of purchases is so important when you think about scale. And I know that I bring this up a lot, but I I just feel passionate about this (laughs) because you hear a lot of language in the market around, oh, I generated 50 cent leads or $10 CPA and I'm scaling, I'm scaling. But a lot of times you don't hear the volume of purchases or volume of leads reported. And that's what's most important, right? Mm If I'm getting 50 cent leads, but I'm only getting five a day, but on the other hand, I could get $2 leads and 500 of them a day. Well, which one's going to be better for your business? It depends on the logistics, but usually it's a volume game for most of our businesses. And so that's so important to keep in mind. Pre-sale articles allow us to get that volume. It's not just about the CPA or the return on ad spend. We're able to get so many more, acquire so many more customers because these pre-sale articles allow us to do that extra education and entertainment and everything else that we've discussed today um, that just doesn't happen when we're going direct to the product page. Yeah. And I mean, we still do have plenty of customers that we do send direct to the product page and we've tested this type of approach and the product page actually wins. So believe it or not, but it depends on what you're putting in front of them first. And in most cases with this customer, really light videos, like not really too heavy, just kind of uh, let's show you what the product is. Let's maybe point out what the problem is, is that you're having and then click to learn more. So super simple way to do it. Lumen5 is a great resource for you. Or if you have a video team, you can certainly do it. I'll see which examples here I can put in the show notes, Molly, but uh, we've got to be we've got to be careful so for great. confidentiality here. Of course. Well, thank you for sharing that. And this is such an important topic. Give it a shot, guys. And it doesn't always have to be compared to what you're doing now. You know, in Boom, we're running ads direct to product page and we're doing the pre-sell article and that's allowing for true scale. So give it a try, but spend most of your time when executing this pre-sell article on the headline and the actual content of the article. Make sure that there's a hook there just because because you're running traffic to an article style, you know, pre-sale article doesn't mean it's going to work. People actually have to be interested in the content and the content needs to seamlessly lead to them desiring and wanting to buy your products. So when executing this strategy, that is where you need to spend most of your time. What's the hook? What's the headline? Is this going to be something people want to click on? Is this something they want to read? And is this going to make them want to buy my product or service? 100%. Couldn't have said it better. Awesome, Ralph. Another good one. Hope you guys enjoyed this. This was episode 214 of Perpetual Traffic, all about pre-sale articles. Head over to the show notes, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast for any resources mentioned. And we will see you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.
John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.